one. Everyone good to go? All right, I think we're good. Bibles today to Mark chapter 12. The past couple weeks I was praying about it, and I was thinking I might do a different message today since it was Law Enforcement Appreciation Sunday. But then it just so happens that right where we are at in the book of Mark fits so perfectly with Law Enforcement Sunday. The Lord knew what he was doing without me having to try to mess things up. And so we've been in the book of Mark now a long time, a year and a half, somewhere in there. And so we're in Mark chapter 12, 28 through 34 this morning. Let me give you the background so you know where we're at, and then we'll dive into the message, and we'll be out of here by 12 or 1 o'clock. No. Some of you are laughing, and some are worrying like, no, no. It's not quite that bad. It's only 11.45 or so, somewhere in there. Last service, people were shocked. It was like 9.32, and people were heading out the building. What happened? I had officers in the service. I wanted to make sure they got to hear the end of the message, so I shortened things down. I didn't even use my notes really last service, so we'll see what happens this service. But we've been, this is Jesus' last week on earth before he dies and before he goes back, before he goes in the grave three days and rises again. It's actually leading right up to Easter perfectly. Again, we see that. But what we've seen the past couple weeks is three weeks ago, Jesus went into the temple and he got upset with those in the temple for what they were doing. They were basically taking advantage of people, making a profit off the people. He took the money changers' tables, flipped them over. Those that were selling the turtle doves, he took their chairs, knocked them over. He left the temple. That was on a Monday. So that Tuesday, he comes back into the temple. When he comes back into the temple, he had the high priests, the chief priests, all the scribes meet him there, and they're like, who gave you the authority yesterday to do what you did here? By what authority do you do these things? And Jesus, instead of answering them, he said, all right, you answer me something, and then I'll answer this for you. So John's baptism was it of God or of men. So the high priest and the priests and them, they thought among themselves, if we say that John's baptism was of God, then we're agreeing that John did good things. We want to say it's of men, but if we say it's of men, the people in here thought John was a prophet, and the people are going to be upset. So they told Jesus, we don't know. And Jesus says, well, I can't answer your question either. While he's there, he gives them a parable. And in that parable, there's a vineyard. And that vineyard represented Israel. The man who owned the vineyard, the start of chapter number 12, represented God. God protected Israel. God had done so much for Israel. The husbandmen, the ones who were supposed to help take care of the vineyard, represented the religious people of Jesus' day. Well, the religious people weren't doing what they were supposed to do. So God, the owner of the vineyard, sent in servants. Those servants represented the prophets. And what Israel, what the, what the religious guys did with the prophets was they ended up killing them and getting rid of them. The guy that owned the vineyard said, I'm going to send my son. They'll receive my son. But Jesus says they didn't receive the son. They killed the son. And the high priest, the chief priest, the scribes, they all knew Jesus was talking about what them. And they wanted to kill him even more. They left and they sent some guys in undercover. They, the Bible calls them spies even. But they were Herodians, and they were Pharisees. Or, and what happened was here, you had these two groups together. So they come to Jesus trying to ask a question to get Jesus in trouble. The, the question is, 
Should we pay taxes? That's quite a question right there. And they had two different people on opposite sides of things, and the only reason, the only thing they had in common was they hated Jesus. So the Herodians loved Herod. They loved the things of Rome. They loved paying their taxes. Where the religious folks there, they didn't want to pay taxes. They wanted to keep the money in the temple and all that good stuff. So how Jesus answered this, he could have gotten in some trouble on either side. So they ask him, Who, should we pay taxes? So Jesus asked them for a coin. They give him a coin. He says, whose inscription's on here? They say, it's Caesar's. And so Jesus says, so give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. He answered both sides correctly. They kind of opened their mouth and were shocked at what he said, and they couldn't get him on his words. They sent in these Sadducees now to come in. These Sadducees come up to Jesus, and they ask him a question. Now, the Bible makes it clear the Sadducees don't even believe there's a resurrection. But they say, hey, in the resurrection, suppose this man marries this woman. And in Bible days, the way, the way they did it, and I'm glad that it's not still that way, but the way they did it was, so the oldest in the family carried on the family name. So let's say the oldest son died without having any children. The next brother would have to marry that man's wife and carry on children in his name, which I'm glad we don't do that today. But anyways, that's how they did it. And so the question here was, so this man dies, and this wife marries the brother, and seven men die, and then the wife dies at the end. My first question is, what was the wife putting in their drink to kill seven guys? That's what I would have asked. But all seven of them die, and so their question was, in the resurrection, whose wife is she going to be? That was quite a question to ask. Jesus lays out some things and says, Guys, your biggest problem is you're, you're off base because you don't know God's word and you don't know the power of God. And he said, you don't understand how heaven, heaven's relationships are going to be different. Heaven is new compared to what we have today. And I'm not going to go back and re-preach last week's sermon. But he ended with these words. He told them, you greatly err because you don't know God and his word. And last week we talked about the fact our biggest problems in Christianity is we don't know the word of God and we don't know the power of God. Same as there. It's amazing what Jesus said 2,000 years ago, how it applies to our lives 2,000 years later. That's what's so amazing about the Bible and so amazing about God. So today we look at verse 28, and we're going to continue on. This is the last question that was asked to Jesus. Look at verse 28 there. And why am I in Ezekiel? That's not the place to be. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reason together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, Thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is one, none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man asked 
Uh, no man after that durst ask him anything. Father, bless the next few minutes that we have this morning. I pray that you would guide us, help us, guide our thoughts. I need you this morning. I thank you for those that are here. Thank you for our guests that are here. I thank you for our officer friends that are here as well. And I pray that you would bless the next few minutes that we have in your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I really believe this man was genuine in his question. We look at verse 28, it says, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reason together, and perceiving that he answered them well, he, that word well means complete or beautiful. So this man had just heard Jesus answer the questions, and he's like, wow, he gave them a complete answer. That was a beautiful answer. He gave, he gave them the truth. So what I believe is this man is sincerely asking Christ a question. Now, it's interesting to note that Jesus actually answers his question, where on the others, he asked them questions, or he corrected them. Now, we know with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that there are different, there are four accounts of Christ giving different light to different parts of the story. So in Matthew 22, it does say this, in verse 35, then one of them, which was a lawyer, asking him a question, tempting him and saying, you say, well, he was a scribe, not a lawyer. No, the scribes were the ones who kept the law. They were known as lawyers as well in those days. And that word tempt there, there are two meanings for the word. One person seeking to test another in a malicious way, or it could be used of finding out what another person thinks about a matter. It could be either way. To me, I sincerely think that this guy was sincerely asking a question. But at the end of the day, who knows? Because none of us know. You know, sometimes we think we know what, I know why they did what they did. I know they're in, you don't know someone's intent. The Lord does, and we'll leave that to him to figure that out this morning. But what we see is, he comes to Jesus and he asks, which is the first commandment? Now, it's interesting to note the Jewish scribes and rabbis have identified, have identified 613 commands in the law. Six, that's a lot. And 248 were viewed as positive in nature, and there were 365 that were viewed as negative. Then they took those and divided those into two groups. You had your heavy ones, and you had your lighter laws. You know, really, laws aren't much different today, right? You could have your, your misdemeanor, your felonies. It's kind of weighed out the same as they were there. 631 laws. That's a lot of laws. And so before we dive deeper into this and we talk about this man and the law, one of the things that the scribes believed was the fact that if you could keep the law, you could get your way to heaven. And Jesus said at the end there, you're close, but you're not quite there. The problem is... The Bible tells us in James chapter number 2 and verse number 10, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So we think about, so there's 631 that we could men, that they say come from the Old Testament law. So whoever breaks one of those is guilty of the entire law. And before God, if we're going to be, per, we have to be perfect, we can't break God's law ever then. So the way to get to God is to never break one of God's laws. And when you are guilty in one point of God's law, you're guilty of all things. That doesn't seem fair, does it? 
One little thing, and then you're guilty of the whole law. The Bible tells us more about these things. The Bible tells us in Galatians 3, verse number 10. For as many are as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. The law shows us the good things to do. As a citizen of Chino, the laws, we follow the laws to do good things. It's good to follow the law. It's good to follow the speed laws. It's good to follow the law, right? Right. This is a good time to say when you've got some officers on the road. When it comes to God's, God's law, all of us are guilty. The Bible tells us in Romans 3, verse number 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us in Romans 5, 12, Whereas, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world. We can all look back and what Adam did in the garden that day, we're all paying for it today. The reason you guys have a job today is because of Adam and sin in the beginning. You know why Chino, why we need a police department in Chino? Because we have a bunch of sinners here. And not just gangs or anything like that, but all people. Hey, we could go down that road too. We're sinners. But because one man sinned into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Because one man sinned made it so we've all sinned. There's a lot of religious people in this world that would like to say that you do good and you do good and your goodness will get you to heaven. But the Bible tells us in Isaiah 64, verse number 6, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. The very best that Brian Pattison can do, the best he can offer you or offer anybody in comparison to the righteousness of Christ is a filthy rag, something you would pick up off the ground in a bathroom. That's my best. That's not very good. The Bible tells us what we need in the book of Romans, chapter 4, in verse 24 and 25. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed. That's talking about Christ's righteousness being put on us. How do we get Christ's righteousness? If we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You see, what I need today, when God looked at Brian, it was many years ago when I was six years old, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. The day I trusted Christ as my Savior, his righteousness came on me. So when God looks at me, he doesn't see all the wicked things I do or that I've done. When God looks at me, he sees me wearing the righteousness of Christ because of what he's done for me. That's where, what is salvation? Salvation is not being a good person. Salvation is putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's what salvation is. That's what Jesus said in John 14, verse number 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. He didn't say he's a way. No, he's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And no man can get to God except through Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible tells us. And if that does, if you need it broken down a little bit more, 1 John 5, 12. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. So that's what it comes down to. If you have the Son, if you believe in the Son, you have everlasting life. If you don't believe in Jesus and you don't, and that's what the Bible says, if you don't have everlasting life. 
That's what it comes down to. So this man, you could try and keep all the law and do your very best, but none of us are ever going to keep all the law. We see in our text here that Jesus responds, and Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. What he does, what Jesus does, is he answers him with the Shema, it's called. All of the Jews knew what the Shema was. They would, and what they would do with it, if you take your Bibles, I, last services we were going through, I thought about adding this so it's not in your notes or anything. So go to Deuteronomy chapter number 6 for a minute. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hold your place in Mark. We'll be back there in a minute. It's church. It's good to use the Bible, right? I get very leery of churches where it's way more of men talking and less Bible. I like using the Bible because Brian doesn't have a lot of wisdom to impart, but God's word has a lot of wisdom, and we need God's word. And so Deuteronomy chapter 6, look at verse number 4. This is where Jesus is quoting right here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I have commanded thee this day, to love God with everything. Look what it says. Shalt thou ta- um, shalt, it says, thou, um, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hands, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And what they would do is they would take little pieces of scroll, or whatever the case may be, they would have this written down. They'd keep it in a little pouch that they would keep on their arms, close to them. They would put it on their walls in their house. They would talk about it. Everyone knew the Shema. A lot of people go to church. But just because you know something doesn't mean you do what you're supposed to do. We see that Jesus responds and he tells him, and it says right there in Mark 12 in our verse, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, there is none other commandment greater than these. Wow, Jesus really summed up all 613 laws in two statements. He summed up the Ten Commandments that we think of in two statements. To love God with everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself. This morning, I want to pause on those two thoughts this morning. And I want to give you some application, give some thoughts this morning. Number one in our outline there, we are to love God with everything we have. That's where it begins. We are to love God. Our world has it backwards. A lot of Christians have it backwards today. And um, the past couple years, I've heard a lot of people, we need to love our neighbors and do this for our neighbors. And we're not going to go down that road and go into all those things. But there's also, the Bible tells us that we are to love God and we should go to church too. So the past couple years, I had to weigh out these options on some things. God says to go to church, and God says we're to love him. But then we also want to be good to our neighbor. And we do. You you should be good to your neighbor. You need to love your neighbor. You realize today, we wouldn't need the police 
if we love God and then we loved our neighbors as ourselves? Because we all love ourselves. We all do this morning. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But there would be no need for police if we all just followed these two things. But when it comes down to loving your neighbor and loving God, God has to be number one. What does the Bible say here? What does, what's the command? Love God with everything you have. Letter A, we're to love him with all your heart. Not just part of it, not a little portion, but all your heart. Not the physical beating organ inside of you this morning. When we look at the heart and we think about the heart, it refers to the core of our physical being. And we should love him with our heart, everything we have, with all of our heart, with all of our soul. Let her be. A little slow back there, Josh. With all of our soul. Your soul is you, your will. We're to love God with all of it. Love him with all of your heart. Love him with all of your soul, your will. Love him with all your mind your intellect. And then if there's anything that was left out, we're to love him with all of our strength. And you see, church, this is why it's so important. I've, Caroline and I, we're going on 16 years of being married this year. I cannot love my wife the way God wants me to love my wife if I don't love him first. Because, you know, he's the one who tells me I'm to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So if I love him, I'm going to do what he says to do. He says that I'm supposed to rear my children the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So if I love God, I'm going to be a better dad to my kids. If I love God like I should, I'm going to be a better pastor to you and follow what the Word of God says a pastor is supposed to do. Does that make sense this morning? So that's where it all begins. Our love for God is where it all begins. How is your love for God today? So I, I love God. Remember when Jesus said, hey, Peter, do you love me? Oh, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm fond of you. I, I love you. Peter, do you really love me? Lord, I'm here, right? I love you. Do you really love me? Yeah, Lord, I do do what I tell you to. We need Christians today that love God with everything. We'll do what he says. You know, we won't have a hard time going to church. We won't have a hard time reading our Bible if we love God. We won't have a hard time praying if we love God. We won't have a hard time giving our tithes and offerings if we love God. I won't say anything else about that. I'll leave that there. Just a little plug there. Not a big one. Just a little one. Just a little one. But I love my wife. I like to make her happy. If you love God, you want to make him happy. Right? So it all begins with loving God with everything you have. Hey, Christian, how are you doing today in that area? Do you love him? Oh, pastor, I love him. How much do you love him? This is a convicting thought for me. You know, you get to hear a 30, 40-minute message, 45, 50, whatever the message is, you get to hear that, and then that's it. All week long, eight, ten hours, I've been having to think on this. And the, I think the Lord really puts people as pastors, the ones that need the most work. So that way they can dwell on the passage a lot longer than everyone else in the room. 
But I look at this passage, and man, I don't love God the way I should. And there are so many areas, you know, could I look and say I love God with all my strength? I can't say that. If you're honest, you couldn't say it either. I want to. How many of you want to love God with everything you have? Now, who would say this morning you do? I was going to say, we'll have an invitation now. All liars can come forward. <clears throat> or say, you could preach the message this morning if you've got that figured out. We all want to love him more. But that's where it begins, to love God with everything that we have. And then we see the second is like unto it. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. All of us love ourselves. Say, no, I don't love myself. When your tummy starts rumbling, oh, you take care of you. You find food and you eat. There are times you might go pamper yourself, get your nails done or whatever else. And that's just the guys in the room. No, I'm kidding. Um, ladies might get their nails done. You go to a, we, we take care of ourselves. The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. And you're like, oh, yeah, who's your neighbor? Jesus answered that for us. Did you know that? Your neighbor is not only the person you like. Your neighbor is not only the person who's nice to you. Everybody's our neighbor. That person who cut you off on the way to church today, they're your neighbor. They are. And the other day, um, if you notice, the bus has gone out here. Um, when I went to Mexico last month, that church down there, they need a bus. And good old state of California and the regulations have had to get rid of our good bus. But it's going to a church that's going to fill it up with kids in Mexico that get to use it for the glory of God, so I'm thrilled about it. So on Friday, I drove it down to the border. And on the way there, man, when you're in a, that's a big bus. It's got air brakes. You know, I got the special license and everything. You need a little bit bigger space to stop. It's just the way it works. People on the road don't think that way. The freeway's stopping, and I know that, so I'm starting to slow down. And wouldn't you know, this guy thought he could save a few seconds by cutting right in front of me. He cut right in front of me. I slammed on those brakes, and I got within inches of his bumper. My window was open, and I was going to yell something to the guy. I'm not in Chino. I'm a chaplain in Chino, so down there, I'm not... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, then I remembered the side of the bus said Victory Baptist Church. <laughs> like, no, can't do that. Maybe the guy just was having a bad day driving. Maybe he just shouldn't be driving. I don't know. Yesterday, I'm in Stater Brothers. And, you know, there are some people, it's a good thing. Last service, we had the same thing happen, where someone's phone went off during the service. The thing that I was so happy about was, it was playing the Bible. You know, like if you had your sports game playing and all of a sudden we're hearing your team touchdown right in the middle of the message, then I know you're not paying attention to the Bible. If the phone goes off because you're listening to the Bible, that's a good thing. You know, you're not checking the news or anything else. So, so I like hearing you're actually paying attention with the Bible. That's good. I lost my train of thought, so I'm going to have to start the message over this morning. No. Um, Stater Brothers. Yeah, some of you are like, Stater Brothers, hurry up. Just get, get through your little rabbit trail here and finish up the message. So I'm in Stater Brothers yesterday. And there was this older gentleman in one of those carts. Have, you know, he's driving one of these carts. I don't know if he still has his license or not, but someone should not have given him a license to drive that cart in the store. He ran into the back of me. As I'm checking out the check, I'm like, 
and he's like, sorry. <laughs> Poor guy. Probably, I don't know, in his 80s, 90s. And he was trying to put his own groceries up on the stand. And I'm like, here, let me help you. He was so grateful. Some people just need you to be nice, even if they run into the back of you. Be nice to those that aren't nice to you. Isn't that what Jesus did? Is now he lived his life? Love your neighbor as yourself. Treat everyone the way you want to be treated. This is the thing. We want others to treat us a certain way, but we don't treat others that same way. It's like we want everyone to forgive us when we mess up with them, but then we hold on to grudges and we don't forgive people when they trespass against us. Jesus said here, hey, the two great, the most important things, hey, the priorities for the Christian should be twofold. Love God with everything you have. And number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus answers him this, and look at the man's response there back in verse 32. And the scribe said unto him, well, master, good answer. Look at what it says. Thou hast said the truth. There is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, which means, where was he at? He was in the temple. The man was not being super loud about it, hence all the other people that were there, right? that wanted to kill Jesus. The way he says, look what Jesus says in him, thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And that was the end of the questions. The thing is, church, that man wasn't far, but knowing to love God and knowing to love your neighbor and not having a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's the problem. You can know it all, you can have a head knowledge. You can spend years in the church and know, think you know God. But if there's no relationship with Jesus Christ, you might be close. But being close works with uh, probably in horseshoes and darts. That's about it. And hand grenades, yeah, those three. Other than that, it doesn't really work out too good. Being close is not good enough. See, church, what we need today is you have the understanding we need to love God and love our neighbor, but you must have that relationship with Christ. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Father.